you don't have to eat matzah. And the Zoom mitzvah is made matzah, it's an independent mitzvah of itself. Mitzvah is called Laila, and the mitzvah is the entire night. Till dawn. Avo, Shah Regal, the other, the rest of Pesach. Achilles matzah or shush. Eating matzah is a uh, matter of your discretion. Ratzah, echa matzah, if you want, you can eat matzah. Ratzah, echa, areas, or dechen, you can eat rice or millet. Or someone translate that as millet and rice. Or cloyes, roasted seeds, or pears, or uh, fruits. Avo, echa, misha, also, bovad. It's only the night of the 15th of Nisan. Chayv, it's an obligation. How much you have to eat? Once you eat a kazayas, you fulfill the obligation. See, so the whole Pesach, all you need to do biblically is to eat one kazayas of matzah and make sure it's between nightfall and sunrise, and nightfall and dawn on the 15th of Nisan. Halacha beis. Bala matzah yotzev. Person swallowed matzah without chewing it, he's yotzev. Bala marah, if he swallows marah without chewing it, lo he's not yotzev because marah, you have to taste the bitterness. There's a version of the Ramam over here, actually, that if it says bala marah yotzev, you are yotzev, because... Uh, it's not possible to swallow the murr, because I said murr, without tasting some, bis- some bitterness. But the Shulchan Aruch favors the gear, so lo yotzi not yotzi, because you have to chew it to taste the murr, the bitterness. Bala matzah v'amorkech, if you swallow the matzah and murr together as one, without chewing either of them, at the same, swallow at the same time, which is an interesting feat, yidei matzah yotzi, fulfill the obligation of matzah, as we said before, matzah, you can fulfill the obligation without chewing it, yidei murr yotzi, but murr not yotzi, because again, we said murr, you have to fulfill the obligation, you have to chew it in order to um, uh, a According to the version we said earlier, that Balamara Yatsa, the Mara the, 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 uh, uh, if you swallow without chewing it, you are Yatsa because ultimately you'll have some bitterness. Over here, that Girsa agrees that your Girsa is Layatsa because over here, if you swallow the Matsa and Mara together without, without chewing it, you really don't really get any bitter taste of the Mara at all. So that's for sure not Yatsa. Now, the question is, why does, not, why does the Mara not uh, nullify the, the matzah, so to speak? It's, it's, uh, it's, you're not really tasting the biblical mitzvah of matzah. Sha'amar, it's filled matzah. Since the Mara is considered secondary, uh, a sidekick, so to speak, to the matzah, it's not considered to nullify the matzah taste. That's Mara. But if you swallow something else with the matzah, if you swallow the matzah and Mara together, or either either one separately, but certainly if you, even if you swallow them both together, with you swallow, you put them in some kind of uh, with some kind of wrapping of fibers, and you swallowed them after the matzah yotza, you're not even eating matzah because ultimately the uh, the fibers have nothing to do with the the, the matzah, and therefore they consider an interruption between you, the person, his digestive system, and the mitzvah. Apparently, it seems actually that any 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 food, not just more. Uh, any leaf or any vegetable, any food with the matzah would not be considered an interruption because it's a food, so therefore it's considered secondary to the matzah. I guess bread is a primary staple. This is unleavened bread. It's a primary staple. And then whatever comes secondary with it is considered part of it. Just like you make amaytzi on the bread, not, not on the food. But these fibers, the sieve, which is like a wrap of fibers, is not a lot of food. Therefore, it's considered a separation. Okay. So if you swallow the matzah with the charesis, you also eat to the matzah. If a person eats the matzah on the night of the 15th of Nisan, but he doesn't have the intention to do it for the purpose of the mitzvah, again, for example, robbers force him to eat it, fills his obligation, provided that he's aware that tonight is the 15th of Nisan, and tonight it's a mitzvah to eat matzah. And that he knows that what he's eating over here is this unleavened bread with, with which he fulfills the mitzvah, even though in this case he had no interest of 
doing it, he was being forced. It's funny, the Ramam couldn't give an example. He simply just ate them that because that was available and he was hungry. All right. True, there are those who say, actually, over here, even if it is, he does not know about the concept of matzah or he doesn't know today's Pesach, he still fulfills his obligation because he enjoys the, the, the fact that he has benefited from eating this food. But be, be that as it may, if a person eats a kazayas of matzah and he is in the episode of, uh, of temporary insanity, and of course a person who is insane, a shayit is not obligated to do mitzvahs, afterwards he becomes healed, he has to eat another kazayas of matzah after he becomes healed, when he pulls out of that episode of insanity. That episode of eating the first kazayas happened at a time where he's not obligated to perform mitzvahs, and therefore he can't fulfill his obligation at that time. A person does not fulfill his obligation of eating matzah, unless the matzah he ate was made of one of the five species of grain we said earlier, wheat, barley, oats, spelt, and rye. Excuse me, wheat, spelt, barley, oats, and rye, that's the appropriate order. Shemite says, you shall not eat chametz with carbon Pesach, for seven days you shall eat in association with it matzah. So the fact that the Torah compares chametz to matzah tells you it's those things which could theoretically come to being chametz, which are those five species of grain. If you eat them in a state of unleavened, other things, going for example, areas and rice, millet, kidneys, legumes, they can never be truly become leavened. Someone who makes in, uh, uh, a loaf, in other words, matzah, from wheat, but also puts some rice flour inside. Ram does not say what's the majority, but he just says it's both wheat and rice flour. And if it tastes like grain, it sounds like even if it's less than half grain, but as long as it's strong enough to taste like it. The loaves that are made to feed the dogs, if the shepherds who the dogs who use dogs to help them uh, guard the sheep also eat from it, you do your obligation those kind of loaves, of course, if they're not chametz, because they're ultimately made with the intention of being eaten by people and used for the mitzvah of matzah if those shepherds, Jewish shepherds, eat them on Pesach. And if the shepherds don't eat from it, they don't fulfill the obligation. With it, it's not guarded for the sake of matzah. I mean, it's not the pro- the guarding is just one step of it, but the process of guarding it, cutting the wheat, grinding it, all the steps that are generally and of course needing most importantly, needing the the, the dough uh, to make matzah and putting it in the oven, those are crucial things to be done with the awareness that it's being done. The shame matzah mitzvah for the sake of mitzvah matzah, and if it's being eaten by dogs, of course it was not done with that purpose. Dogs have no obligation to eat matzah on Pesach. This is why it's important to eat handmade matzah, not machine matzah. Machines can't have intention, can't have, cannot have kavona. Now, the Ramam tells us something somewhat problematic. In Perik HaLachachaf, the Ramam told us that the matzvah, matzah you eat to be your, your, the obligation of the mitzvah of matzah on Pesach can only be kneaded with the water. No other liquids are allowed. Here the Ramam says, that matzah which you need with fruit juice, you do feel the obligation on Pesach. <clears throat> uh, so it's a contradiction. If you cannot knead the dough with wine, oil, or milk, presumably even if it's only partial wine, oil, or milk mixed with water, because of poor man's bread. The matzah has to be poor man's bread. As, as, as we said, uh, in, in, in other words, in again, over there it says it has to be only water, so it's a bit of a contradiction. 
he did need it and he ate the matzah on Pesach with, with, with uh, dough that was kneaded together with wine, wine, oil, or milk, you did not, not feel the obligation to sacrifice the poor man's bread. So if it's kneaded with wine, oil, or milk, you're not yitzit in the mitzvah of matzah. If it's just water, you are yitzit. What if it's apple juice or orange juice? Here the Ramam seems to imply you are yitzit. In Perik Hei Alachachach, he says you're not yitzit. So it's a contradiction to the Ramam. You're not yet the obligation if you make matzah out of bran or coarse bran. In other words, you, you, it's, it's just the, uh, the, the chaff, the bran, not the actual kernel, because that's not a normal uh, way to make bread. However, you could knead the whole kernel with its chaff, with its bran. That's not a, pro- that's not a problem. If I say a pass and make it into, into bread, into matzah, and you feel the obligation. So it doesn't have to be pure white. You can have whole wheat matzah, basically. It's not a problem. If you have also, conversely, the opposite, you have dough, which is extremely fine white flour. It's permitting you, you feel the obligation. I'm saying you shouldn't think otherwise, because you might think that if it's, you don't say it's not good to the poor man's bread. It's a very rich, very aristocratic bread. It's a very expensive bread. It's pure, the purest, finest flour. Nevertheless, you ate the obligation. Lechemani just tells you it cannot be um, wine, oil, or milk, or any fruit juice for that matter, if you're going to assume that the Ramam holds, like he said earlier in Perak Hachaf again. Whether the matzah has been baked in the oven or, or a roasting pot, in the case when you use the roasting pot to make the matzah, whether you first stuck the dough to the pot, again, there's no liquid there, it's just you're, you're, you're dry roasting it, which is basically considered baking. And afterwards, you fired up the pot. <clears throat> or, after, or you first fired the pot up, made it hot, and afterwards stuck the dough to it. Even if you bake it in the ground, there's a process where certain nomad people know how to uh, bake dough in the ground. Uh, not through the sun. There's actually a heating process. But coals inside, it's a whole thing. You fulfill the obligation. Similarly, if the matzah is not completely baked, you still fulfill the obligation. Provided that when you tear the matzah in half, as long as it's not actual strings of dough, uh, uh, stringy, you know, connecting still, when you break it in half, if it's not that raw, it's baked more than that point, it's, it's fine, even though it's a you know, medium-rare matzah. Now, you would ask, what do you mean? It's chametz. It's not chametz, because once it's baked to that point, it's apparently no longer chametz. Yeah, of course, today the minute is to make sure it's very thoroughly baked. The eitzin bero kikashare, your obligation with matzah, even if you let the matzah sit, is soak in water. But who provides lenuach as long as it does not dissolve? So a person who's very old, who has no teeth, soak the matzah in water and they eat the matzah like that. Avil matzah shebishla, however, matzah that has been cooked, even if it's just water, any is dechavase you do not feel the obligation. Shein batam pas, it does not have the taste of bread. Zion. A person does not fulfill the obligation with matzah, which is forbidden to them to eat. Again, for example, Shachal Tevel, he ate matzah that was Tevel, which means the required meiser and Tremor was not te- separated from it. Or it's the first meiser from which you have to take an extra Tremor. The Levi has to take an extra Tremor. That was not done by the Levi or anybody else. Or it's been stolen. Zakal, here's the principle. Any matzah upon which you would say the brichsamazen, the, you have the obligation to, you, you feel the obligation. Any matzah which you do not say brichsamazen over, you do not feel the obligation. 
So matzah, the, the th- three categories that we mentioned earlier, <clears throat> apparently was stolen as well. We're going to go in this category. If it's uh, tumor, mice was not taken, or it's tumor and you're not a coin, for example, probably as well. Those cases, you don't bench. You don't say uh, no, no biblical obligation to, brand, to bench because it's forbidden. And therefore, you can also not be for the obligation of eating matzah with it. So make sure you pay for your matzahs before Pesach. Unless the owner agreed to take the money afterwards. It could be there's a problem also of importing matzah and not paying taxes on it. He's smuggling it through. It could be that there's a, there's a legal issue in, in terms of you owning it. Or maybe the government has a right to confiscate it so you don't really own it. You're not yet to your, your obligation. Okay, interesting shilas. Can be the obligation if they eat, make their matzah from grain, which is challah. Or sorry, dough, which is separated as challah. Over tumor, or if it's tumor, so or the, the, the wheat was was tumor. Even though this matzah cannot be eaten by every person, the kahanim can eat it. They can be yitzv obligation. Similarly, a person can be yitzv matzah if it's ma'aser sheni, which is eating in Yerushalayim. Ma'aser sheni is the second ma'aser, which we have to take in in um, uh, the first, second, and fourth and fifth years of the shemitah cycle. Um, that that ma'aser that, that produce has to be eaten, taken to Shulayim and eaten in Shulayim by a yid. Uh, so, so that therefore, if you come for Pesach to the Beis Hamikdash and you're regal, you can use that produce for matzah. However, the koyin obviously Yisrael cannot do this, but a koyin who you bring the first fruits for the kudim cannot fulfill the obligation eating matzah from that produce. I feel the even Yisrael, so you can make matzah from it even on Pesach, but he can't be eating the mitzvah of matzah. Why? How is it different than Ma'aser Sheni? Because because Bikurim, there's no theoretical way ever to eat them outside of Yerushalayim, in all settlements, so to speak. Ma'aser Sheni, in theory, could be eaten anywhere, even though you have to officially only eat Yerushalayim. You can you can redeem it, and then the money becomes Ma'aser Sheni, and you have to buy other food and eat that Yerushalayim, but the original produce, the wheat in this case, you can go eat somewhere else. Kasevin says, in all your, in all, your uh, all your settlements, you have to eat matzah. Matzah teaches you the matzah has to be eaten theoretically, be fit to be eaten in all locations. That's the matzah you can feel obligation with. And since matzah sheni, even though it has to be eaten in Shlaim, could be theoretically eaten anywhere else by being paidit. So therefore, you can be eaten obligation with matzah. Since it can never be eaten anywhere else outside of Shlaim under any circumstances, therefore, it cannot be eaten in the midst of matzah. Halacha test. Now we said before that when matzah is uh, the dough is kneaded or when it's, and when it's placed in the oven and even prior when you grind the flour and, you, and the, ideally the whole entire process should be done with the awareness that it's being made to make that it's being done to make to make and bake matzahs, which will be used for the mitzvah of matzah on the first night of Pesach. Now certain kabbonists had also matzahs that were brought with it and they were burnt in the mizbeach, eaten by the kohanim. Eaten by the owners, etc. So chalis teida, the loaves of of the non unleavened bread that were brought with the carbon teida, the or the loaves uh, unleavened matzah that were brought brought with the, the carbon the nazir had to bring in the, when he was finishes his zeros. She also is in the atzman that person made for his personal use. And you to behind you cannot feel the obligation of matzah. She never says shmatos matzis should guard the matzah. Matzah mishdameres or yimatzul bavad. It has to be matzah that was guarded. For the purpose of the mitzvah of matzah, and only for the purpose of the mitzvah of matzah. Who, who she eats it? Well, that's the kind of bread or matzah which you feel the obligation with. This matzah was guarded, or it was prepared, and it was intended, and the process was done for the sake of the carbon. If, however, the person made these, these loaves to sell in the marketplace in Yerushalayim for the people who come to being their kabbanists who want to buy ready-made loaves for their kabbanists, right? They come with their animals, but they don't necessarily always bring their loaves. 
or they come with the money to buy loaves and to buy uh, animals for their kabbanis. So he says, This you fulfill the obligation of matzah, even though it was made for the purpose of selling for people for kabbanis. Because somebody who sells it in the marketplace, his intention is, if they're not sold, he's going to eat them. So therefore, he knows he's not guaranteed to sell everything. And he knows that if it's not going to be made for, it's not going to be sold for the kabbanis, he knows he's going to eat them himself. And if it's close to Pesach, he knows he, might, he knows he might eat them on Pesach. And therefore, he knows it's for the sake of matzah. Nims, it turns out, when they were made, he guarded them. And as he made them, the whole process was also included for the possibility of matzah. So it comes out, if you make it for your carbon, and you have in mind, you make it, however, when you make it for yourself, you make exactly the amount of loaves, you know it's for your carbon, you're not going to make it for matzah. Now, if you have in mind that if I if don't, they end up being it for my carbon, and if I buy other loaves or whatever, I'll make it for matzah, you make that condition, it probably could work. But we're talking about a regular case over here. Every person has an obligation to eat matzah on Pesach, even women and slaves, although usually they're not obligated in doing mitzvahs, which have a time-bound restriction. In the case of matzah, it's an exception. A child who is able to eat bread, we educate him with mitzvahs, and we have him eat a kezayis of matzah for education, to train him in mitzvahs. A sick person or a person who's old is unable to eat, we said earlier, you can soak the matzah in water, you feel the obligation. So therefore, for these people, you soak the matzah in water, and you feed it with him. Who provides? Provides does not dissolve, as we said earlier. is a rabbinic obligation, that one should not eat anything, any dessert, maftirin has to do with the word dessert, after the matzah, after you eat the kezayis matzah, with which you fulfill the obligation, you should not eat anything else afterwards. So in other words, in theory, uh, the only thing you should eat on that of Pesach is a kezayis of matzah, nothing else. A filo kolayis vegeis and kezayis and even uh, roasted nuts or, or, or um, uh, roasted seeds or nuts, kolayis nuts or kolayis um, roasted kolayis roasted seeds vegeis or nuts kezayis anything like that, any kind of dessert uh, or anything other anything else for that matter. But the Rambam specifically addresses the concern of dessert. Rather, even though the person ate the matzah, so he's raised the obligation of fulfilling the matzah. Uh, on Pesach, and you afterwards eat other foods, various uh, uh, fruits, and similarly, like, things like that. Eat another kezayis matzah afterwards and stop eating. So even though you didn't stop eating after you ate the kezayis of matzah, which is the biblical obligation, and that actual taste of that matzah is not in your mouth, but the same type of food matzah is in your mouth. And, and that's with which, you, with which you end the night, you eat the last, that's the last thing you, you, you eat. Uh, this is the reason why we have the mitzvah came in. So in theory, the chayish, just eat a kesayis of matzah, or just eat, eat only matzah. If you eat only matzah, and that first time of Pesach, then the first kesayis you consume is the, um, the, uh, the kesayis you use the obligation with. And if you just keep eating only matzah, then the last thing you taste it is only matzah. The problem is that, of, pers- of course, the person has the obligation to eat more. And meat on Yontif is an obligation. We have to drink the other, other, other cups of wine. So, uh, therefore, it's not practical just to make a takana that people should only eat matzah. So, therefore, the obligation is to have one kazais of matzah at the very end of the meal, and that's the last thing you eat the entire night. Halacha, yud forbade a person eating matzah on Erev Pesach. Talking here about matzah that you could theoretically fill your obligation with, so it's just flour and water. There should be recognition of the difference between eating it before Pesach and the eating in the evening on Pesach for the Mitzvah. 
You give him rebellious uh, lashes until his soul expires. Meaning that if he's eating and you hit him, he doesn't stop. You can keep hitting him. And as long as he doesn't stop, you keep hitting him even though he passes out. Similarly, also a person shouldn't is not allowed to eat erev Pesach uh, slightly before mincha time. So this basically mincha time is like nine and a half hours into the day, and this means basically nine hours into the day. So if the sun rises at six a.m. and sets at six p.m., so three o'clock p.m., they should come to the matzah about He should he uh, should eat the matzah with uh, with with des- with desire with an appetite. This is referring to he shouldn't. So so three o'clock and onward, he should not eat. Um, uh, matzah, even if it's matzah which he could not fulfill his obligation with the mitzvah. So, example, it was a matzah shira, egg matzah. So, egg matzah you could eat in the morning, or uh, so matzah that you could fulfill your obligation for the seder, you can't eat it the whole day of Pesach, apparently, according to that. For Shana from Chatzes, presumably, actually, even from the morning, even from sunrise, from dawn. But uh, matzah, you could not fulfill your obligation, like, like egg matzah, that you could eat in the morning until 3 o'clock p.m. Um, but you should, after the clock you shouldn't eat it because you want you to be hungry when you come to the Seder to eat the matzah with the taiva, with the desire, the appetite. You could eat fruits or vegetables, but again, you should not fill up from them so you eat a whole case of apples, you're not going to have the uh, appetite for the matzah. The early Chacham would starve themselves in Pesach in order to eat the matzah with desire. The mitzvah should be precious to them. So even though it's a fit, it's a it's a spiritual mitzvah, it's a godly thing. But in order that they should their 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 uh, physiology should experience a mitzvah in a desirable way as well, a mitzvah is achila after all. Therefore, they would make themselves hungry. However, other uh, all the Fridays of the year or all other days before different yom tevim, even tonight falls no obligation, there's no prohibition of eating. Now the truth is, Ramam told us uh, elsewhere. That there is a mitzvah to refrain from uh, having a meal, um, erev Shabbos and erev, uh, any erev Shabbos and erev, any erev Yontif. In fact, even on a, a regular first day of Yontif, you're not supposed to start a meal in late afternoon after three o'clock p.m. Uh, halachically three o'clock p.m. because you should have a, a taiva to eat uh, the meal the second day of Yontif. Uh, or if it's Shabbos, you don't have back to back. Same principle. So uh, that's that, that's a mitzvah to not uh, to not eat then, but it's not a prohibition. When it comes to erev Pesach, it's an actual iser to eat after three o'clock.